Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our Consumed Sermon Series, which talks about loving God and loving others with everything that we have. We hope that this sermon will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Well, let's take our Bibles tonight and let's go to uh, 1 John chapter number 2. 1 John chapter 2. And... Uh, Apparently nice to have my sister and brother-in-law in service just slipped in the back, so I guess they heard that it was my mom's birthday like my niece did, and uh, I'm kind of offended because I thought family came over to see me, but then I realized that they didn't, so, well, <clears throat> yeah, they didn't come for that. First John chapter 2 is where we're going to, uh, to be tonight, and we're continuing our series of consumed, and uh, it's been helpful really to just kind of dive into our theme for the year. And uh, tonight I'm going to start by asking you the, the question, uh, which is the title of the message tonight. And the question is this What's your because? All right, what's your because? You say, Well, Pastor, what do you mean? Uh, we all have probably heard and we've all probably given the answer of because. I want you to think with me for just a moment. Uh, it, it, when you were younger, uh, your parents probably asked you at, at some point, they said, uh, why did you say that to your brother? Or why did you say that to your sister? And your answer was, because. Well, why? Well, just because. Why did you hit them? Because. Right? We've all given the because answer uh, as parents. If you have kids, you give the because answer all the time. If you're like me, you do, because the kids, they'll say, Dad, why are we going there? And I don't want to have to give the long explanation, so I just simply say, because. Well, why are we going there to eat? Because. Well, why are they coming over? Because. You know, and you think about this, uh, there's always an answer, the answer because for a lot of questions, but here's what we're going to get at tonight is that there is going to always be a truth behind your because. There's going to be, it, the answer is not really just because. Because is not an answer. How many of you heard that when you were a kid? Your parents would say, you know, because is not an answer. Well, what are they saying? There is a, there's a truth behind your because. As we come tonight what I want us to understand is, <clears throat> well, let me say it this way. Uh, the because answers that you gave when you were a, a kid, why did you hit your sister? Because wasn't the answer. The answer really was because she hit me first. There was an answer behind it. Why are you going to eat there? Because I want to. Why are they coming over? Because we've invited them. There's always a truth behind it. And so I want to ask you tonight, what is the truth behind your because, or what is your because? Before we get to it, let's just kind of recap what we've covered so far. Of course, we're in our theme of consumed, and the, the theme for the year is being consumed with a love for God and love for people out of uh, Mark chapter 12. And you'll know the, the theme verses that we've been at. Jesus uh, answered him. Remember, there was a scribe, someone that came to Jesus and asked him, what is the greatest or the weightiest commandment? And, and Jesus gave him this. Well, the first of all, the commandments is, hear, o, o Israel, that the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy 
thy soul with all thy strength or with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And so Jesus was uh, trying to help him understand there in Mark, he's trying to just get across the, uh, the greatest command or the weightiest thing that you can do in life is love God with all of you and love others. And so our theme at the beginning of the year was learning to be consumed, consumed with God and consumed with people, consumed with loving him and consumed with uh, loving other people. And what we looked at uh, two weeks ago when we started our series is we asked the question, if I want to become consumed, if I want to be someone who is all in with Jesus, someone who really uh, truly loves him with every part of them, uh, what do I do? How do I do that? And we looked at 1 John chapter number four, and we understood that if we're going to become consumed, then we've got to focus, first off, we've got to focus upon his character. Remember in 1 John four, multiple times we see John say, because God is love. Hey, do this, why? Because God is love and focusing on his character. So if I'm going to be consumed, I must first focus on his character. Secondly, I must focus on a closeness with him. That's 1 John 4, 16, that if I'm, going to, uh, be if I'm going to love him, then I'm going to have to dwell in him or become close to him. And you and I, we will not get a, uh, a consuming love for God unless we're walking with him every day, unless we're spending time with him each and every day. And that's that closeness we took, took time to, to watch and to look at. And then... The third thing we have to focus on is, is our confidence in him, understanding that when, when we're consumed, man, we're not gonna stand in fear of the judgment. We're not gonna stand in fear. It's not talking about salvation. It's, it's talking about our stewardship, understanding that uh, every believer is going to stand before God and stand before him in some confidence of I, I stewarded my life and I used it for you or stand before him in regret. And I wonder tonight, uh, if you were to die right now, how would you stand before him? In, in confidence, knowing that you're using your life for him or, or in regret. Now I recognize and I understand that everybody is gonna have some regret when we stand before him, but I believe that you and I, we could determine each and every day, you know, if today was my last day, I want to be able to stand and say, I lift my last day for you, God. I want to be able to stand and, and with that uh, stewardship mindset, say, God, I lived it and I did it all for you. And so we looked at how we can have a consuming love. And then last week we went to Luke 14 and we discovered what a consuming love would actually look like. And we saw that a consuming love would mean that I'm going to have a superior love. Remember what Jesus said, if you're gonna come after me, you've gotta hate your father and mother and brother and sister and yea, your own life also, because if you don't do that, then you cannot be my disciple. And we learned that Jesus wasn't saying you need to literally hate your family. He was saying basically that your love for me should make all other loves look like hate, that you need to give me, as Paul said in Colossians, preeminence. It needs to be a superior love. And then we noticed Last week, that a consumed love needs to be a surrendered love, right? I must, Paul said it, I must die daily. Jesus said, you must bear your cross, take up your cross and follow after me, come after me. And that's that surrendered love. And this evening, as we continue our series, we're gonna take time to ask, our, ask ourselves, what is our because? And by that, I mean this. Why do you, why do you do anything for the Lord? 
Why do you serve the Lord? Why do you maybe want to live for him? Why, uh, perhaps, why do you come to church? Why do you get in the word of God? Why do you work at being a right kind of spouse? Why do you follow Jesus? And a lot of people would say, well, because. Okay, well, what's your because? What's the truth behind your because? And Tonight, I hope that each one of us will leave here with the answer of, I serve the Lord, I live for the Lord, I give to the Lord, I follow the Lord, not just because, but because I'm consumed with a love for the Lord. And so we're going to dive into some thoughts tonight, and what we're going to see is the fact that when someone has a consuming love for the Lord Jesus Christ, it is going to be evident in their everyday life. It's going to be evident in how you uh, live your days. Tomorrow, if you live with a consuming love for God, it's going to be evident in how you go through Monday. And I want you to see this with me tonight. We're going to start, we're going to be in, in 1 John. And so I want you to take your Bible, if you would, and turn to 1 John chapter number 2. And, and let's go to verse number 1. Let's stand together. 1 John chapter number 2, and uh, ignore the, the verse that's up there. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1 down through verse number 6, here's what we read. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation, the sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Remember, we looked in 1 John 4 uh, two weeks ago, and we saw that word perfected. It means to be made complete. All right, so let's read that verse again with that thought in mind. Verse number five. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God being made complete. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. This is a, a really awesome book. How many of you have read 1 John before? Maybe reading through your Bible. Probably everybody. Maybe you've read it or, or know something about it. I've grown just in this series. I've grown to love the, the book of 1 John and almost thought, man, we should have just preached the, 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 through the book. Maybe we'll do it next year sometime. But when you come to this passage, I'll say it again in just a few moments, but John's perception through the entire book of 1 John is he's kind of comparing Christianity to a family. And we've talked about that before. But he's trying to help us see that when you view yourself as a child of God, and you view God as a heavenly father, and you view Jesus as maybe uh, that, that close brother, once you, when you view it as a family, it's going to give you a burning love for God. It's going to convince you that every day needs to be a day where you're loving God. So tonight, I'm going to take this question, what's your because? And I'm going to take this passage in 1 John chapter number 2. And what I'm hoping that we can do is understand that when I'm making a consuming love my because, it truly is going to bleed over into every single facet of my life. 
And so let's pray, and then we'll understand what we're talking about. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, why don't you go ahead and, and ask the Lord tonight to speak to your heart. Ask the Lord to help you tonight to leave here and let the motivation of everything you do be that consuming love for God. Lord, again, we thank you for the word of God, and we pray that you'd help us tonight. Would you speak to us? Would you give us your mind? And Father, we do ask you that tonight before we leave that we would be challenged by your word and that your spirit would do only what you can. Love you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You go ahead and be seated. <clears throat> Our theme in Mark 12 is really a challenge, uh, that challenge of being consumed. It's really um, understanding that the motivation for everything in our Christian life should be on the basis of love. Um, there's a lot of, and we've, we've gone through this. I, I really appreciated um, our series in Hosea, and I think it was the fourth message we preached on Hosea, uh, chapter number three, and understanding that love should be the motivator for absolutely every single thing that we do. And uh, really, we can derive that principle from the verse that's on the screen, 1 John 4, 19, we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. And the believer loving God is, is all made possible by the love of Jesus, right? You can go to 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 14, the love of Christ constraineth us. And so his love is what kind of urges us and pushes us and motivates us. And really his love towards us is what makes it possible for us to love him and for us to be consumed by a love for him. And so knowing that, I, I wanna take our Bibles tonight. I want you to notice with me just a couple of thoughts I want you to see that when I am consumed by a love for God, it's going to affect my actions and how I live my everyday life. And I want you to see from this passage that first of all, when I'm consumed, it's going to give me what we're looking at as a, a desire to obey his word. When I'm consumed with a love for God, when I am uh, all in with Jesus, when I'm a true disciple really involved in that fellowship, it's going to give me that desire to obey his word. And if you were to go to our passage, verse three, I want you to notice in 1 John chapter two and verse number three, it says this, hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. If we keep his commandments. In these verses, we clearly read that John says, hey, people are going to know that you love the Lord and how you follow or, uh, excuse me, by how you follow or by how you keep his word. People are gonna know that you're a follower of Jesus. They're gonna know that you love him if you're obeying his word. That's verse number three, the word keep. It means to observe or to obey. And so John is saying how you observe his word, how you obey his word, it shows not only if you belong to him, but it shows if you are truly in love with him. You see, how could a person say that they love the Lord and know the Lord if they're not living for the Lord. Now, pastor, does that mean that someone who's not living for the Lord is not saved? No. No, that's not what it means at all. Because if that's what it meant, then every time you sin, you would lose your salvation. But that's not a biblical principle, is it? No, it's not. Here's, a, here's what John is trying to get across. And if I say Paul tonight, I mean John, okay? 
Um, here's what John, I just was thinking Paul, and I thought that's going to come out at some point tonight. If, what John is trying to get across is chapter number one, and you go, go read it. Chapter number one, John is really trying to help understand the fellowship that we have with God and, and with believers because of Jesus Christ. And then he begins chapter number two, and he says, hey, now listen, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Why? Because Jesus, he's the propitiation or the substitute or the go-between uh, for our sin. But I want you to understand something, and this is what John would be saying. I want you to get this that if you say you love God and if you say you belong to him, then there are going to, there's going to be an obedience that backs it up. It's not going to be somebody that says, oh yes, I love him, and then a life that doesn't back it up. I want you to think with me about uh, maybe seeing this in, in, in our life and understanding this. Um, well, no, let me give you a verse first. Look at 1 John 5, 3. 1 John 5, 3, it says this, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous or grievous. The word grievous or grievous, it means burdensome or, or, or weighty. Here's what he's saying in that verse. This is the love of God. What is the love of God? If you love him, keep his commandments. And if you're keeping his commandments and loving him, you're gonna see his commandments as not being grievous or weighty or too heavy to bear or burdensome. So when you're consumed with loving him, you don't see his word as being a heavy weight. I've sat across the table from some people, uh, one believer uh, uh, just recently of course, Hannah and I did some traveling and spoke at some places. But uh, anyway, I sat across the table from a, a believer, and, and I think I shared this with you, someone who said, well, honestly, that, that stuff, it works for you. It works for you. But really, the Bible and all of that, it just, it's too much for me. It's too much. Do you know what's, what's wrong with the perspective? Is simply that, the perspective. That, that believer is viewing it and saying, oh, oh it's, just, it's just so weighty. It's just, it's so heavy. It, you can carry it, but I can't. Here's what, here's what Jesus is saying through John. If you love the Lord, you're not gonna view it as grievous and weighty and, and burdensome. Why? Because of the motivation. The motivation is, I could do that. Why? Because I love the Lord. I said it a second ago, let's take some personal illustrations right now. I mean, with, with you. Man, I'm just bouncing around tonight. I want you to look at this verse, or this thought. The thought is this, I do not do in order to receive love, I do because of love. That's what it is. I don't do in order to receive love. I do because of love. As a husband, I am not going to be faithful to my wife to earn my wife's love. I'm going to be faithful to my wife because I love my wife. As a, as a father, you're you're probably not going to give to your family so that they will love you. You're going to give to your family 
because you love them. The fact is this, that I can't do anything to try and earn God's love, but I should want to do some things because of God's love. Does that make sense? And the verse, John 14, 15, that we saw just a second ago as I flipped past it, Jesus, this is Jesus, and of course this is uh, the conversation that he's having on the way to the cross, and he's just been uh, speaking. Uh, uh, of course, John 13, he gives great illustration of what it means to serve. And then John 14, he's talking about the relationship between uh, the Christian and the Holy Spirit and how he has to go away and how he's gonna prepare a place for us. And right in the middle of all of it, he says this, hey, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's the same word, that keep, the same word that you find in 1 John 2. Hey, if, you're, if you love me, Observe my commandments. Well, why? Not because you're trying to earn more love, but as a result of your love. And so, again, I do not do because of love. I instead, or excuse me, I do not do in order to receive love. I do because of love. I appreciate it as I read and was studying how one man put it. And I want you to read this, this quote with me. I'll read it out loud. You just kind of read along and follow along. It's a rather lengthy quote, but we'll try to get through this. Here's what, here's what I read. There are three motives for obedience, the word keep. Three motives for the word for obedience. First, we can obey because we have to. Second, because we need to, or because we want to. A slave obeys because he has to. If he doesn't obey, he will be punished. An employee obeys because he needs to. He may not enjoy his work, but he does enjoy getting his paycheck. He needs to obey because he has a family to feed and clothe. But a Christian is to obey his heavenly father because he wants to. Why? Because the relationship between him and God is one of love. I read that. I thought, what a, what a, what a great thought. And see, here's the, here's the truth, that tomorrow you're going to wake up and you're going to choose if you'll be consumed and have that consuming love for God. If you choose to have a consuming love for God, then what is that going to do? It's going to affect how you observe his word. It's not going to be in one ear and out the other. I told our class this morning uh, a statement that Dennis made this last week. We were talking about something and he said, Dad, he said, I just kind of realized something this week. And I said, oh yeah, what's that? He said, I realize that there's a difference between hearing and listening. I'm gonna hold him to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has no idea. He just gave me a whole lot of ammo with that one. Better watch out, buddy. There's a difference between hearing and listening, isn't there? Some of you husbands or some of you wives are like, are you hearing this? The difference is I can hear a lot of things, right? People have conversations and hear all the time. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, uh-huh. But listening is entirely different. <clears throat> with you and your walk with God, reading and observing are two different things. You can read the word. Believers, there are a lot of Christians that 
get in the word every day, but their life doesn't show any obedience. There's no steps of growth coming. And what I want to present to you tonight is this case that if we are going to be consumed with a love for him, there is going to be a desire to obey his word. The desire is going to come. Now, again, I'm not obeying his word because I'm expecting something. No, I'm obeying his word because I love him, because I want to have that close relationship with him. It's not because I'm expecting anything. And so a consumed Christian, one who's being consumed with love for him, is going to have a desire to obey his word. But I want you to see, secondly, that if I'm going to be consumed with a love for him, not only do I obey his word, but secondly, I want to walk his walk. I want to walk his walk. Notice 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 6. <clears throat> well, we'll read verse 5. Whoso keepeth his word, all right, so if you are observing, obeying his word, in him, in that person who's doing that, is the love of God being made complete. You know what that means? That it's showing that God's love is being perfected and made complete in you. When you're obeying God's word, you're showing your love for God. That's what John's saying. Hereby we know that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. We learned a couple of weeks ago that I've got to abide in him in order to love him, that that's that closeness, that relationship. And here we read that if we're abiding in him, then we are going to desire to walk like him. Again, 1 John is written with a lot of family analogies. And John writes a lot about how being in, a, in Christ is like being in a family. Well, <clears throat> family they look alike. Family, they act alike. Family, they, uh, they have different characteristics that are just alike. I think with my sister just walking in, it kind of makes her a prime target tonight. And my mom just helped me. <coughs> My mom and my sister, they have something that's very similar. They have a lot of things that are very similar. But one of them is when they laugh, they both laugh the same. How many of you know what my mom does when she laughs? Yeah, everybody just did it. She snorts. And growing up, I'd always make fun of it, right? <laughs> well, you know what? My, mom, my sister does it too. She has the same snort. I don't know. I don't know how. I do know once you get them both laughing really hard, man, pull out a video camera because you could probably win $10,000 in America's Funniest Home Videos. But well, why are they so similar? Well, we used to always try to convince Dawn that she was adopted, but she's not. She's similar because she belongs to my mom. There's a lot of people in here. I think it's hilarious. We had our couples thing last year, and I think I'm thinking of Quinn. Is it Vance that looks like you? When you, when you were a kid, Don, is that right? I'm, I'm thinking of a picture. Uh, we had the, the pictures of the couples when they were babies, and I think one went up of Quinn when he was a baby, and everybody looked and thought, well, that's Vance. That looks just like Vance. 
You can look around, and uh, if you go and see, I, we, we have couples in our church with their babies, and they'll be like, oh, look at this picture. I'm thinking about Beth, uh, Beth and Adeline. If you see a picture, Miss Lee, a picture of Beth when Beth was a baby, it looks just like Adeline. Well, why? Because they're family. So here's what John's getting at in this passage. The analogy in 1 John 2, 6 is that if you belong to him and you're developing that love for him, you're abiding, you're gonna desire to walk as he walked. There's gonna be a lot of similarities there. There's gonna be a lot of there's gonna be a lot of life characteristics that are similar from you and Jesus. It's the old illustration. There was a, I uh, heard the story of a, a man and his son that were going into a town to find the dad's uh, lost, long lost uncle that he hadn't seen in years. And they get to the town and they're coming outside of a gas station and he just looks down and just happens to look across the street in the grocery store parking lot and he sees a man and he says to his son, there's my uncle. And the son said, well, dad, how do you know he's your uncle? He said, because he walks just like my dad. He has the same walk. And sure enough, walked up to the man and it was his long lost uncle. Well, how would he know? Because of the walk. They're just alike. So here's the verse. He that saith he abideth in him. Hey, I'm dwelling in God. Hey, I'm close to God. Hey, I love God. Hey, I've got the relationship going. Then he ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. There's going to be some uh, characteristics and some similarities between the person who's consumed and really abiding or walking with Jesus. There's going to be some characteristics of him and the Lord Jesus Christ. And the fact of the matter is this, that when I'm consumed with a love for the Lord, then I'm going to walk, I'm going to want to walk like him. That means I'm going to want not only my actions to be like his, but I'm going to want my spirit to be like his, and I'm going to want my words to be like his, and I, I'm going to want everything in my life to resemble my Savior. And uh, in order to help us with this, I want you to take your Bible. Let's go to 1 John 2, and I want us to read uh, about 15 verses, verse 15 to verse 29. I, I want us to, to see this tonight. Notice 1 John chapter number 2. And verse 15, down through the end of the chapter, here's what we read. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, verse 15, that does not mean that if, if a person is falling in love with the world, that they're not saved. It's that phrase, in, it means working in or being completed in. So if I'm in love with the world, then God's love is not being perfected in me. Verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, it's not of the Father, but it's of the world. Hey, if you're seeing the characteristics of the world in your life, you're probably not growing in love. That's verse 16. 17, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made, that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction or an anointing from the Holy One, and ye know all things." I've not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of that truth. 
who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, he is antichrist, that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that, therefore, abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you, but the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, or dwelleth and worketh in you. And you... Ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie, and even uh, as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Now, Again, we're not doing a whole series through 1 John, but I love what John is doing here because here's the, the, the uh, idea I believe he's trying to get across is simply understanding that, hey, when you say you abide in him, there is going to be a growing love perfecting you and working in you, and you're going to know right from wrong, and you're going to know good from evil, and you're going to know righteousness from unrighteousness. Why? Because you have the spirit in you. You have the anointing in you. But if you're not growing closer to him, if you're not embracing that anointing, embracing that relationship, if you're not having a consuming love for him, then you're gonna be distancing yourself from that. And I believe a lot of this is built upon that truth that we see in 1 John 2, 6, that if I'm going to say that I abide in him and that I know him, then I ought also to walk in him. I ought also to want every part of my life to be identified with the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when I'm consumed with the Lord, I'm going to daily, I'm going to be daily growing in and taking on his character. I'm gonna be daily growing in, sorry for the typo, and taking on his character. That's what it means to be walking in him. There's a continued growth that's taking place. So I want to give you a couple closing thoughts tonight, and we'll be done. <clears throat> Our challenge this year is to be consumed. But being consumed, it is not just saying, I love the Lord. Because there are a lot of people that you meet and that I meet that say, I love God. I meet people all of the time, whether it's out door knocking or just in the community, and, and, uh, and I'll be talking to them, and they'll say, oh, yeah, 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 no, I love God. Yeah, I, I love God. <clears throat> Being consumed is not simply just a verbal admission of loving God. No, if I'm going to be consumed, there are going to be some identifying marks in my life. Now, does that mean that I'm going to walk around and fit some pharisaical mold? No. No, it means that my life is going to be affected by the love that I have for him. And can I just tell you tonight that the affecting love of Christ looks different in everybody's life. 
There is not one cookie cutter way. Except for wearing Dallas Cowboys t-shirt, Cody. I'm just kidding. I told him, I told him for wearing that, I was opening him up on him. You know what, there, there are some people, and we've talked about this before, they will say, well, you don't love God like I love God because you don't dress like I dress. Or you don't love God like I love God because you don't uh, use the same uh, uh, teaching and preaching that I have in my church. Or you don't love God because uh, you don't love God like I love God. Maybe you don't really know a lot about the love of God because you listen uh, to a different type of Christian music or because you sing those songs and that's not my favorite style. Listen, we're not talking about that. That's not what this passage is saying. This passage is getting at this truth that if you love God, there are going to be characteristics in your life that follow suit. Well, what's the characteristics? You're not gonna have a problem obeying his word. So if God came to you and said, I want this to change, you would say, okay. Why? Because I have no problem obeying his word. Number two, I want to walk with him. I want to have the daily relationship. If you're married, you know what that's like. You enjoy the company of your spouse. That's the same thing with God. There's only two amens. I thought I'd definitely get more. Craig, or Josie, Craig loves being with you. Man, here's the truth, that if I love somebody, I'm going to want to spend time with them, and that, that's what we see in 1 John 2, 6. So if I'm consumed, there's going to be some characteristics that follow. What you think about Acts eleven twenty six. It says this, it says that when, we, when he had found him, uh, he brought him unto Antioch. This is uh, Barnabas or, or Saul uh, finding, um, excuse me, Barnabas finding Saul or Paul and brought him to Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the end of the verse says, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Now, if you've been through our starting point class uh, that we were just in a few weeks ago, then we understand why were they first called Christians in Antioch? What was the term Christian? What did it mean? It was derogatory. It was almost insultive. But what did it mean? It meant we think you remind us of Jesus. You're just a bunch of, the phrase is little Christs. You're a bunch of little Christs running around. Well, how did they derive that? Well, because they were watching the Christians in Antioch. The outsiders gave them this name. The outsiders were watching them saying, you know, you remind us of that Jesus fellow. You know that Christ, that Messiah that you claim as Messiah, you're just like him. We're going to call you Christians. Do you know what I read when I read Acts 11? I read about a church of believers that were consumed. Man, those early Christians, they were consumed. And it was easy to identify them with Jesus. They weren't called Christians simply because. They were called Christians because they resembled Christ. People looked at them and they saw Jesus. There's what one man thought, said about this. This is synonymous with being consumed. When you make your life all about Jesus, you show, the, you show him to the world. You can't help but be identified. It's like what you find in Acts 4, verse 13, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, and what they think, they marveled. And what they do, they took knowledge of them. Well, what was the, what was the uh, um, group, you know, the, they came to you know, maybe judging? Who are these guys and what's going on with them? And what's the consensus they came to? That's the word I was looking for. The consensus they came to. Yeah, they must have been with Jesus. 
They, they, there's something about these guys that remind us of Jesus. Was it just the preaching? No. Was that part of it? Yes. Was it perhaps the miracles in Acts 3? No. Was that part of it? Yes. But I want us to understand what identified with them was they loved the Lord, and because of that love, they were taking on his character. All of it was a result of being consumed. So I'm going to challenge you tonight to make the decision. And the decision would be that everything about your Christianity, everything about my Christianity, it should flow out of a consuming love for the Lord Jesus Christ. So think about this. What is your because? I mean, this week, why are you going to speak kind words to those around you? Well, because I'm consumed with a love for God. Why are you going to, why are you going to give? I and mean, why would you be generous and give towards others? And then why would you be generous and, and why do you tithe? Well, because I'm consumed with a love for God. Well, why are you disciplined in getting up and being in the word of God? It's not because I'm expected to. No, it's because I'm consumed with a love for God. Why are you going to serve? Because I'm consumed with a love for him. Why are you going to tell others about him? Because I'm consumed. With what? I love him. And everything I do in my Christianity should flow out of that consuming love. And here's what happens. As you grow in love, God grows your due. He helps you accomplish more for him. As you grow in love, God says, okay, take this step of faith. And yes, sir. And there's no cookie cutter way about it except for this. As you are consumed with a love for God, the character of God will show up in your life and mine. And this week, people are going to see something about you. They're going to say, oh, that's a nice guy. Oh, she's kind of rude. Oh, man, that guy cut me off. Oh, man, they're, they're always so kind to me. Oh, I, man, look at that husband, how he's treating his wife. Boy, look at that child. Look at that, look at that child obeying mom and dad. There's characteristics. Things are going to be identified this week in us. I hope that someone this week would look at somebody in here, maybe each of us in here, and say, man, there's something different about that fellow. Now, they may not say, are you, are you a Christian? Do you believe in Jesus? They may not say that. But they will be able to say, there's something different in you. I mean, I, every day you're up and getting in the Word. Every day at work, you come and you don't talk like everybody else. Well, why? Well, it's because I love the Lord. Because when I'm consumed, it's going to be evident in every action. I'd like every head bowed and every eye closed tonight. I just want to ask you as we come to our time of invitation, ask you what will be your because this week? What's going to be your because? Why are you going to be in the word? Well, because if I'm not, no. Let's this week make the decision I'm going to be in the word because I love the Lord. I'm going to live for him this week. Why? Because I'm consumed with him. I'm going to obey him this week. Why? Because of love. 
And let's pray and ask the Lord tonight, God, help everything in my life to flow out of this consuming love for you. Dear God, I pray that you'd bless the invitation. Thank you for your word. Help us to respond to it. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.